2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns
3: on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: I'm a feminist, but the other day I saw a picture of myself on stage in Spanx. And I know I've spent three and a half years telling you that I find Spanx unfeminist and constricting. And I stand by that except in certain dresses. And so what happened on the live tour is that Jenny and Claire one night came on in Pants and a Bra, which was part of her bit. That's part something she did in her live show. But she thought it'd be funny not to tell me. So when I introduced her and said, now, Jenny and Claire, she came on in Pants and a Bra. And I was like having that surreal moment of going, does she know? (laughs) Perhaps she was in the dressing room. She heard her name. She panicked and she ran. She came out and did a sort of aerobic dance in pants and a bra. It was part of her set. It was very funny. So then I had to come out and sort of, you know, tag her out and say, thank you, very well done, Jenny and Claire, as the compare. So I thought it'd be funny if I go out now in Spanx and a bra. One thing led to another. Tours have their own personality. It became the only way I knew how to sell merch. (laughs) She works hard for the money. (laughs) (laughs) What I... I ended up doing a link where I was in the Spanx and the bra and I had a T-shirt on and I was selling the T-shirts with various slogans on. And the idea was that I would take my T-shirt off and give it to someone if they said they had a feminist enough job and then I would just be in Spanks and the bra. That became the thing. What I had not reckoned on would be people from the audience would take pictures and put them on Twitter. Because mm-hmm. I felt it was something for, this, for us in the room, you know. It was a sacred moment between us all that we'd all agreed, I'm in my Spanx, this is just for us. A bit like being with your partner. Yeah, just you and 2,000 other people. Exactly. And we'd all made a sacred pact. Some people did not feel the pact was as sacred as others and took pictures and put them on Twitter. They were doing it nicely. They weren't doing it to be mean. But I did look at the pictures, and this is where my feminist butt comes in. It's been a while coming. Mm. I'm a feminist, but when I saw pictures of myself in Spanx, I thought, do I need some Spanx to go under those Spanx? (laughs) Amazing. I'm a feminist,
4: but uh, while in Northern Ireland, I was given a jumper that represents the pro-choice movement in Northern Ireland, the Alliance for Choice. And the jumper has the slogan, I'm a life too, across the front of the jumper. And then two small purple hands reaching up. I put it on me, and because I'm a bigger lady, I realised this might not look that pro-choice from a distance. Like, I might look a bit pro-life, because I look a bit pregnant, and then I have two small hands pointing out of my belly, going, I'm a life too. <laughs> so, I've decided
0: <laughs> to wear it backwards from now on. I I had a note on my next time a feminist bard yeah and I've just it's just gone out of my head because this is not the one that I wanted to do oh so it's just gone out of my head do you want me to yeah you do another one and I'll we'll edit mine in okay
4: okay so this is the X
0: rated one and I'm sorry oh I've remembered mine now okay sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry I'm a feminist, but 90% of my career now is answering the question on Instagram, where did you get those glasses? (laughs) Which are these big blue glasses. The answer is Trilise Cooper. She's a New Zealand designer. And I keep answering while tagging her in, hoping, because I have shared this information with so many thousands of people now, that she will offer me another pair of Trilise Cooper reading glasses, because I really have earned them. And (laughs) she really hasn't offered and I feel like is it unfeminist of me to think that it's unfeminist of her not to have recognised that I'm really doing the Lord's work for her right now and I actually what I wanted to do is send me the same ones again in case I lose them because I will lose them or sit on them and then that's my whole identity gone now I'm the opposite of Clark Kent I'm more of a feminist now where I put these on people recognise me differently these these are basically my superpower
4: why don't you just send her a link to this episode of this
0: podcast (laughs) good And uh, good. So good thing. Listen, six minutes in, you'd. L- <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, go and do your X-rated one. Okay, okay.
4: So, because the documentary is about plastic waste in the sea, I've got a plastic waste feminist. I'm a feminist, but okay. And <laughs> I've gone very shy. I'm a feminist but I don't know how to dispose of sex toys in an environmentally friendly manner. (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) Like, do I hope that I just drive up to the recycling plant, ask a man, and he'll say, oh, it's just behind the Christmas trees. (laughs) I've decided to leave it up there and hope nature finds a way.
0: i think gadgets like that are very hard to recycle yeah and we can't have those in the ocean because the dolphins have enough to deal with <laughs> they don't Although, need oh i did have someone give me a rampant dolphin once did it was you? like a little um the penis part right but very small the dolphin's penis part no and then it just where the rabbit ears normally are that come up was a dolphin which made it feel greener Oh, that's beautiful
1: that's
0: beautiful you know
4: like toy story The film Pixar wouldn't be very grim if it was like
0: Sex Toy Story, and it was just oh, and it was like a rampant rabbit and a rampant dolphin and some anal beads. Anal beads used once, (laughs) and it's just left there. What? And they're all sitting around saying how sad it is that their grown-ups don't want to play with them anymore. Yeah, because their marriage is broken up. It didn't save the marriage. Oh, yeah. Well, it puts a whole new spin on Woody? <laughs> <laughs> and an even better spin on Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Live from the BFI in London, the Spontane Shop presents the guilty feminist with me, Never Frances White, guest host Alison Skittle, and our very special guest, Eleanor Church, talking about documenting the Guilty (laughs) Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities to undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White, with me is Alison Spittle, and we're talking about documenting. Woo! How are you? I'm great, I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. I'm excited about tonight. I'm really excited about tonight.
4: Yeah, I've had a good day, and it's nice to be here in the BFI. It's such a beautiful
0: building. I mean, it's not the Royal Albert Hall. (laughs) 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 LAUGHTER so excited I love being at the BFI we do shows here regularly normally you're listening to this on public transport (laughs) or while you're I don't know driving or ironing or something equally feminist yeah ironing why do I think any of you iron I've never ironed I've I've been ironed for years I ironed something once I put a hole in it I gave up on that I don't don't even know if we have an. I think we've got an iron but no ironing board oh right okay I don't have a Hoover (laughs) I don't what do you mean I just
4: moved into a house and there's no Hoover. So what do you do? I just uh, brush the floor occasionally.
0: <laughs> You've been I feel like I'm in Victorian times. I'm going to give you a Hoover for your birthday, or is really? that going dis- to be a disappointing birthday present? No, let's make it feminist. Get me a Henrietta Hoover. Okay, one with a. W- but I, isn't it more feminist to have a man Hoover, because then the man's doing the work? I don't think it's feminist to have a woman Hoover, like with a little, a little apron on. She doesn't have an apron, it's eyelashes. Yeah, but that shouldn't determine the difference between a male and female hoover, shouldn't be eyelashes. Why does she have to have artificial eyelashes? Because Uh, we all know that
4: men don't possess eyelashes.
0: (laughs) When it rains, it goes directly into
4: their eyes, it's very irritating... That's why the patriarchy exists. They're very jealous of us and our eyelashes. Do you think that's
0: what it is? Do you think I... when they have eyelash equality, all of this will be over?
4: Yeah, yeah, we'll get paid just as much as them, but only then,
0: you know? <laughs> There's a serum Ooh. you can use. I'm a feminist, but I've used a serum. For who it? Um, no. Oh. No. <laughs> for, for eyelashes. Okay. You put it on at night. Has anyone else used this serum? it really works but if you stop using it it stops but it, it, it's so annoying you're saying yes yes I know they had this conversation today what oh my gosh they had this conversation today tell me more tell me more like does he have a car she's
3: worried, <laughs> no, no, she's, worried
0: she's losing her eyelashes what? who's How? taking your eyelashes <laughs> it's the men it's the men. <laughs> 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 I think it's <laughs> while they sleep it's, you do it while we sleep Good information he's a double agent he is a double yeah, agent get more information out of him while he's on our side he's clearly drunk he shouldn't be talking to us now he's I, just got pockets full of eyelashes as well <laughs> yeah flashing his pockets around yeah. which we don't get yeah, um, yeah. Oh. Um, so have you yeah. been using the serum and you've stopped using the serum and then the eyelashes have stopped growing no, oh, that is not a good advertisement. <laughs> that is from the serum. The serum made them fall out. I haven't heard anything about this. this. No. Oh, I'm not using it then, because my lashes are fine. I did have some false ones put on. You know those ones that you can have on put on for a month because I was touring for a month and I thought, you know, when you're on stage and these are big houses, we're playing 1500 seaters. Yeah. So I thought, if I have the fake ones for a month, it'll be fine. But I feel like a few eyelashes fall out when they fall out. And I thought, I'm not doing it again. You mean like they're taking some with them? Yes. (laughs) Yes, like an army. Like an army. They're they're probably walking in the night. They're like, bang, gun. What was the I'm a feminist butt you did in Belfast? Oh, I'm a feminist, but I got my eyelashes
4: done at the airport. Tinted. Tinted. Tinted, yes. And I feel 20% more worthy of love. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know it's bad, but I did. Like I did. I do know I, what you mean, though. Sometimes you just look in the mirror and go, "Yeah." Yeah, yeah. it's like Henrietta and Hoover, you know. <laughs> it's why you want a Henrietta because she's more deserving of love because of the eyelash situation. Yeah, that and feminism. You know, it's like uh, it's like. I just like, don't think she's. It's not more feminist. It is to have a female Hoover. It's more feminist to have a male Hoover. Right. Definitely. If the Avengers comes out and
4: they got like the toys, that's like Iron Man and stuff Mm. like that, you'd buy like um, the Scarlett Johansson character. What's her name? (laughs) (laughs) Feminism, you know? Yes. Sure. Sure. But that's not my
0: fault, by the way. That's the makers (laughs) of Avengers. But a Hoover is a drudge and is having to suck up dirt off the floor yeah so I think a woman should have a superior job because of the history of the patriarchy is what I'm saying okay so I'm saying you get a Henry Hoover and then you get a female Alexa and you put the Alexa in charge of the Hoover (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's very good that's good yeah Hello, Guilty Feminist. It's Deborah. just interrupting a podcast listening to tell you that we are coming to America in January. We're starting in Boston. We've got two nights in New York. We're going to Chicago. We're going to Philadelphia. We're going to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, and Canada. We're coming at you too, Vancouver and Toronto. Please get tickets now. It's going to be absolutely incredible. We've got some incredible guests lining up. We've got some incredible guests lined up. I'm not allowed to announce the names yet, but they're going to be truly amazing. And it's going to be frantic scenes all over the United States of America and two venues in Canada. So join us when we're on tour in January. All the dates are at guiltyfeminist.com. Also in February, we are coming to Australia. We are coming to New Zealand. We're going to the Enmore Theatre in Sydney, huge. We're going to do three nights in Melbourne. We are going to Brisbane. We're going to the Gold Coast for the first time where I was raised, Amazing. And then in New Zealand, we are going to be in Auckland, Wellington, and Christchurch. Get tickets now. Go to guiltyfeminist.com. If you are in Manchester and you're thinking, what? We've been left out. You haven't been. Tuesday, the 3rd of December, at the Manchester Palace, the Secret Policeman's Tour comes to you. The Secret Policeman is a legendary comedy brand from Amnesty International fighting for human rights since the 1970s. We, the Guilty Feminist, have teamed up with Amnesty to revive it in a way where the bill reflects those whose human rights are most routinely eroded or in fact taken away. On this particular show, and we've had some genuine classics, we have Nish we have Bridget Christie, Shapiko Sandy, some absolutely extraordinary names. If you go to guiltyfeminist.com, you will be able to see the whole bill, but you won't want to miss it. All of the proceeds go to Amnesty International You will be doing something wonderful for human rights, and it's a real brilliant end-of-year celebration as well. 3rd of December, 7.30pm, Manchester Palace. Do not miss it. I'm hosting it. Please come. On the 7th of December in London, there is Global Pillage, 4pm at King's Place. It makes a lovely afternoon tea-time show, two teams of comedians versus the hive mind of the audience, diversity-based cultural questions. And on the bill, we have, as always, me, Ned Sedgwick, Sarah Keyworth, Catherine Bohart, Johnny Cochran, Alice Fraser, uh, who you will have heard in the Crossover Bugle episode, Athenica Blenew, and Suk Odgler with music from Kirsty Newton. That's 7th of December at 4pm. Come along, join in the fun, be in the hive mind, shout out answers or just buzz for the one you think is right. It's a genuinely riotous, joyful, embrace of afternoon. Now, we have some beautiful merch at the moment. I am currently wearing a T-shirt that says Unexplained Public Laughter Disrupts the Patriarchy and on the back, the Guilty Feminist logo. There's lots of different designs. We have our sister hoodies that say, the sisterhood protects me from the rain. And we've even got aprons that say, I'm a feminist, but I do love an apron. All of our profits from the merch go into the Guilty Feminist pot for good things. And that's for things like carrying on the and help refugees projects. Now, Steve Alley does some necklaces from his company, Road from Damascus. Half the profits go to him for his continuing education and for making the pieces, and half go to his mother's project in Turkey, helping female refugees get a craft. So if you go to road-from-damascus.co.uk, you'll see uh, that he's bringing out two new gorgeous designs for this Christmas so check those out and they make a very special Christmas present for somebody. They really are stunning pieces of jewellery and they're just something to be treasured. My book has an exciting new cover for Christmas so if there's someone in your life that you think oh they would like this book then pick it up in a local bookshop ideally from someone who pays their tax and enjoy this Christmas and hopefully we'll have more exciting things for you in the new year. And don't forget, Hannah Gadsby's on tour. Check out her website for more details. She's going all around the world. And now, back to the podcast. We're not going to bring our guest on yet because we, first of all, have to hear some stand-up comedy. Are you ready? <laughs> then put your hands together and make big, woohooing hooing noises for the wonderful Alison Spittles! Hello! Hi! Woo. Okay. <laughs> So
4: today, to be honest with you, I read the brief and I was like, um, oh, plastic in the sea. Cool. Um, I live in London now and uh, I ordered something off Amazon and got it the next day. And I felt it was incredibly convenient. But then I had a horrible six hours of just feeling so guilty. I was like, this convenience has definitely come at a price, you know? But then I got over it because I had shit. So. Also, there's no worse feeling than forgetting your keep cup and uh, having to buy another one.
0: <laughs> Don't get me going on keep cups. They're the worst thing for the environment, obviously. A Starbucks paper cup. Yeah. This is, I've never done this in someone's stand up before, but you were looking at me and I can't stop myself. Go on, a car, yeah. A Starbucks paper cart will take. 25 minutes to degrade a keep cup, which you get every single time you go to anything now, they go, have a free keep cup. I've now got fucking 100 keep cups from different events. And I'm like, they're all going to degrade. Never! But you do
4: feel so smug when you have one. Do you know? I'll die of smug. (laughs) We probably all will die of smug. Um, Also, I read an article that said that they have found cocaine in every eel in uh in the Thames. <laughs> Have you heard of this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, the environment is fecked, but how are we gonna deal with all these overconfident eels? You know?
1: <laughs> Just,
4: oh. <laughs> oh, it's like a Tory leadership conference, isn't it? <laughs> political <laughs> also guys i have to say that the 90s were a really horrible time when you think about it right because uh, in the 90s i was a kid and that's not what's horrible about it <laughs> uh, i had no agency but now i do so <laughs> um (laughs) i was a little environmentalist though when i was a kid i used to be mad into david attenborough i still am like he's still alive but we don't know time of recording he is but i know i'm sorry (laughs) isn't it sad that he will die one day and we're all gonna have to deal with that i know i know maybe like yeah anyway so (laughs) And I used to get his little, um, I used to buy a uh, Filofax, right? That used to have David Attenborough facts in it. And it would have like a different uh, species every day. And it had the ozone layer as a species, right? <laughs> I read that when I was five and I felt depressed. And I haven't gotten rid of that since. And now I watch Blue Planet and I love Blue Planet. Blue Planet's great, but at the 45 minute mark, the dramatic music comes in. And I'm like, no, David, don't tell us what we did. I just want to see the dolphins but he always tells us he always tells us also there's things like in the 90s inflatable uh, couches were a very big thing do you remember those? and inflatable armchairs where are they now? that's what I want to know yeah it was all fun and games watching Billy Piper sitting in an inflatable chair but now think of it killing a whale (laughs) that's (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's not the best stand up to go now think of a whale dying
0: <laughs> okay um, so can you playing, all don't the say that before I have to do mine I'm oh, sorry you've literally told them all that they're all going to be dead in 20 years and now Deborah Frances White <laughs>
4: that's why I'm not going to the gym I'm like fuck it the environment will take care of it <laughs> do you know everyone's going you're killing yourself and I'm like ugh oh,
0: goodness <laughs>
4: Also, my mum is like, Alison, when are you going to have kids, right? And I just don't want kids. And uh, my boyfriend definitely doesn't want kids. And uh, I'm like, I'm never having kids because of the environment. And that shuts her up.
0: But really, you just don't, you just like brunch uninterrupted. Exactly,
4: exactly. But I'm going to pretend... That my reason for not having children is environmental. Can you introduce me for the podcast? of course. Yeah, no matter. Hey, we're all going to live forever. And please...
1: (laughs) Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...
4: Will you please give it up for Miss Deborah Frances White?
0: Imagine it's the year 2119, a hundred years from today. A history teacher hovers in front of the class. Aim your retina projections at the wall, she says. It's history time. And she starts with figures from history. Children, she says. Chapter one of your retina projections for today. John Hamm studies. (laughs) She covers the mad men years. The baby driver blip. The 30 Rock Hanson bubble. Tell us about other figures from history, miss. The children ask. Well, next week we will be considering Justin Trudeau, she says. (laughs) Then they go into historical cultural phenomenons. The Guilty Feminist podcast she begins with. What did Deborah die of, the children asked. (laughs) Deborah died of being a too-excellent feminist, she replies. She died when she saved Michelle Obama from a falling statue of Mary Wollstonecraft that they were unveiling together. (laughs) Michelle Obama hosted the memorial Guilty Feminist episode after Deborah died with Lizzo. And Gloria Steinem did a moving reading from Deborah's book, The Guilty Feminist, Sunday Times bestseller. You can buy it now. It's in paperback with extra, extra interviews from Hannah Gadsby and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Lady Gaga wrote her a special song with Grace Petrie. Can we sing that song now, miss? Of course we can, children. Next, digital history. She teaches the students about Facebook And they are very excited by all the different eras, including the one where you can put it on pirate setting and that you can put a fish in someone else's tank the early days. But then it takes a dark turn and the children learn about Cambridge Analytica, using data for nefarious purposes to harvest information and rig elections. The children ask, what did people do after they all came off Facebook, miss, after they found out about this information? They didn't, said the teacher they just thought, it'll be fine. (laughs) Facebook said they wouldn't do it again and made some adverts on bus stops to that effect. (laughs) And even though everyone knew they would, they just said oh well I don't really know now if I could get all my photos off it would take ages and I don't know if I've got those photos anywhere else now and it's quite nice for keeping in touch with my friends in Australia I don't know how else I would do that I probably wouldn't be bothered and it's quite a good way to share articles on things like Cambridge Analytica so I think I'll just stay on it but no the children say they must have come off it when they realised how evil it was they didn't they just went back to sleep and kept on scrolling Next, environmental history. The teacher teaches them all about the history of plastics and how when they were first invented, they were seen to be a phenomenon that would change everybody's life. But then one day, St David of Attenborough showed them how all the plastics had ended up in the ocean and they were killing all of the ocean life and also explained that the ocean was the thing keeping humanity and all of the earth alive alive. What did people do instead of plastic, then, the children asked. Mm -hmm. Nothing, the teacher said. They kept using plastic. What, the children said, but they couldn't have, because when they saw it killing things and killing the very thing that was keeping them alive, they definitely would have changed. No, they didn't. They kept buying the same plastic things, saying, I'm sure it'll be okay. We're very good humanity at surviving, and one way or another, we will survive. And also, I'm quite thirsty now, And I want a bottle of water. And I can't think of any other way of getting water, even though there's readily available taps all around me. And so I can't be bothered. I'll just buy more plastic and continue to throw it in the ocean. And the children said, that's very disappointing. And the teacher said, yes, isn't it? That's why we all live on Mars now, and only 10 of us can be awake at any one time. (laughs) Now, children, please get back in your sleepinator and take your sustainer pill where you will sleep for six months and dream of John Hamm. The end. <laughs> bit weird, though, isn't it? Yeah. That we're just going, yeah, but what else can we do? We'll stop using plastics is definitely what we could do immediately. You know, yeah, but people still have to buy and sell things. So well, You see, we just don't put the connection
4: like I've never thrown my rubbish directly into the sea you know so therefore I don't feel responsible but it's definitely my rubbish you know
0: yeah i know it's it's, it's so shocking but yeah. we just keep i think we are so good at a species at just cognitive dissonance is almost our special on mastermind our special subject should be cognitive dissonance oh yes for all of us just are we just able to go that is true, but also this is here. This is convenient. Mm. Um, our guest today went on an all-female expedition <laughs> to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch Boom. and made a documentary called <laughs> X trillion <laughs> Please welcome to the stage the amazing Eleanor Church. <laughs> so tell us, Eleanor... That looks incredible. Tell us how it came about. What made you want to do it? How did you get the funding? What propelled you to do this? Because it looks wonderful, but like very hard work.
3: Yeah, it was quite hard work. So the expedition was run by X Expedition, which some of you may have heard of Emily Penn. She is an amazing ocean advocate and she runs all women expeditions to different parts of the world. But this was the biggest one that they'd done yet. So it's from Hawaii to Vancouver. It's 3,000 miles for three weeks um, we never met each other before getting on board oh and, god um, oh I'd, not, I'd need to meet people I never actually sailed before oh my a little, god tiny bit of sailing but some people were really good sailors some people didn't know anything about sailing and we were 14 women and we were all from different professional backgrounds um, so we had scientists on board an engineer and two teachers a circular economy expert It was just like recycling and a packaging designer and various other people and and I was a filmmaker on board and so I saw that they needed a filmmaker so I've filmed in quite extreme situations before and at sea but not on a sailing boat and so I applied and I got on board and I guess so um, to explain a bit about it the idea is that the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is the densest accumulation of ocean plastic in the world and as you saw there lots of people think it's like this island of huge bits of plastic that you can walk on there might be palm trees on it and stuff but yeah the thing that's the most frightening about it is the plastic's broken down so small that you can't actually see it so for three weeks we didn't see another boat another human being i think for quite a bit of it the closest humans were in a space station or something like that. And anyway, we did see some bits of plastic float past. A few days in, you see a toothbrush go past, a whole plastic chair or something like that. But as you saw, um, we had a manta trawl, which is like a sieve that we were trawling the surface of the water to collect data for 10 different research projects around the world, looking at different aspects of microplastics, which are the tiny, tiny bits of plastic, which are the really dangerous bits of plastic, actually, for us as humans and our whole ecosystem. The reason that Emily takes women on board is because... There are some aspects of plastic pollution that particularly affect women more than men. So we have lots of toxics in our sea, pollutants in our waters, chemicals that are bound with plastic during plastic production as well. But so these things that are in the water, the microplastics act as magnets to them. And so they get absorbed or eaten by things at the bottom of the food chain. And they through bioaccumulation, they build up and up and up, and then we eat them, and there's a much higher concentration this is making it sound really depressing but I'm about to get to the point where why you'll really want to watch it because it is an amazing adventure so why, so, so why does it affect women Yeah. More? Um, so these toxics can act as hormone disruptors and so
0: that can affect fertility and things like that so presumably that's also true for some non-binary people and trans men but it doesn't work that way in cis men is that what you're saying That it, or or it works more that way in, in cis women
3: well um, I think particular there's been less research done on how it affects women than it does
0: what in the do surprise population. me no um, research on how it affects women surely not uh, so it goes into our systems and it's yeah. very 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 tiny amounts of plastic that we don't know that we're somehow taking in yeah and it's not necessarily
3: it's so early in the research and so these different studies that were being done we're looking at different aspects of things also some of it you saw there the big net ball where we attached a big white ball that was a tracker to it so that's measuring where ocean plastics are moving because some of them will have organisms that attach themselves to these bits of plastic and then arrive in an environment that they're not meant to be in. And so right. that's transporting things in the wrong place. But the other reason why it was all women is because, first of all, you don't see many women in adventure or exploration. No. Um, but it's of bad now, luck, isn't
4: it, for them to be in a boat?
3: No, not, no not great hairdryer facilities. No. But, um, you know, that no, kind of stuff.
0: Pirate times weren't like... Oh, uh, yeah. 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 That's why women had to stow away dressed as men
3: yeah with their bosoms out <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that,
3: so as this meant all with
0: their bosoms out <laughs> oh all with their bosoms out yeah. yeah but it oh, was oh yeah on the front of yeah. the oh, oh yes. i see on the yeah. front of the boat yeah but boats were she's but no she's were out of the boat because it was seen as bad luck and that's yeah. why if you if they found a woman on board they would go oh no it was going to be a big storm now and then there'd be a big storm because they were at sea and they'd blame the woman <laughs> causation correlation <laughs> yeah and so, has everyone survived off your expedition? Yeah, just
3: about. Um, yeah, just my my <laughs> last my kind uh, of um, thing not, is the pirates that were right. I know exactly. I know pirates. It was are really sensus. frightening being in the middle of the sea. We had all this technology and stuff, but we were, it was really freaking frightening, frightening. sometimes. Um, and um, yeah, we were like, oh yeah, look, news crews when we're leaving, this is great. And then we hit the ocean literally I was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing on this boat? I had really small children. I still have really small children. And I was thinking, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was
3: thinking uh, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing here. And the film is, adventure, and then you bring in the science as well. But basically, there were some serious highs and serious, serious lows, but amazing. And by the end of it, we came off like, yeah. So basically, we went to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and got a real sense of this is a fucking horrendous, awful Mm. problem. But Mm. with all of our amazing professions on board, underrepresented in normal life with the STEM and, and filmmakers and all these different things, we basically just really hammered through how different people have all got a role in addressing this problem. And so there's no silver bullet. Yeah, we need to not use our plastic water bottles, things like this, but, you know, we need better design, we need more research, we need better policy. And there are all these different areas that we can work in. And so by the end of it, we got to Vancouver, like, come on, let's go for it. And the idea of the film is that you come away from it feeling like you've had this whole experience with us. And you're like, yeah, I can do something about this. It's brilliant. And, you know, the hilarious thing is that Having not seen another human being for three weeks, the first contact that we had was with this old guy who runs a sort of, like, pleasure boat thing from the harbour. Ooh, a and pleasure boat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <a> pleasure <laughs> boat.
0: It's not a um, rabbit um, boat, okay. just to be clear.
3: He was sort of, like, trying to faff around with the ropes. I still actually don't know the sailing terminology. Um, but, uh, like, trying to attach the boat and stuff. And then he saw that we were all women he saw that we'd come all the way from Hawaii. He went, you're all women? Like... You're all, you came here all this way, you're all women? Like, seriously. And then his wife walked past and went, You're all women? Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> quite funny
0: so, so yeah. what can we do about it when we watch this documentary how are we going to change our behaviors
4: i feel, yeah i feel like there's a boat full of hope it sounds like a lovely yeah, trip it's
3: actually a really fun film because i'm really into the environment but if someone said to me oh here's a film about the environment i'd be like oh god please don't make me watch this film about <laughs> the environment so it's actually a film about a group of amazing women on a really epic adventure and then you Find then, out then you other get the environment well. stuff for free. Exactly. But we need to like, pitch it to other people as
0: epic adventure. Yeah. Because people do feel a bit, oh God, I'm going to have to watch this and then I'm going to feel sad. But this yeah. is a boat full of hope. Yeah. Good alternative name for it. Absolutely. um, And (laughs) it's Women on an Adventure. So in this film, we're going to be inspired to change our behaviours. I think even just the fact of watching Women on an Adventure will make us all feel a bit braver and a bit bolder about how we sell the message with the environment, what we're prepared to do for it. I do admire you because I would have been absolutely terrified, I think. You almost have to not know what you're getting yourself into to get yourself into that, don't you?
3: Yeah, well, the first night, just before I went to bed, I said to the skipper, I said, "Um, so what are the chances of this boat?" capsizing because i have a one-year-old and three-year-old at home and i'd really not like to have made myself die doing this and um she said, oh, well, th- this boat has sailed around the world millions of times, much faster than we'll go. We went really fast, and the waves were really big. They were, mm. It was meant to be rough sailing, super calm, and then rough sailing, but it was basically rough sailing the whole time. And um, she said, no, it absolutely can't capsize. And then when we got to Vancouver, she went, you know, I said it can't capsize. Well, it can't capsize
0: that way, but it could have definitely flipped oh! oh, wow. So she just told you that to relax you? Yeah. Oh, it worked. Well, that was kind. I felt super Splash safe. Muffins. Yeah, that was kind. But I would have been suspicious of it because I've seen Titanic and any boat, <laughs> even, even an unsinkable ship, can go down. Yeah. And we we so had great
3: music, though, so we would have gone down in style. That was Jen on board, who's yeah. playing the ukulele, so yeah, she well, would have serenaded we us. We can't
0: wait to see it with the real music. That's going to yeah. be brilliant. And, and if t-
4: anyone's floating on a door, you can go, there's definitely roommate. <laughs>
0: I've seen That's the film. Point. I saw <laughs> Mythbusters busted that myth. They both could have sat But you could see that he could fit on the door. Just don't. <laughs> do you think just... Jack just wasn't arsed? Do you think he was like. Do you think he was just trying to get away from it? Do you think it was like do a one think, night stand? Do you think that? <laughs> and... Do you think. <laughs> I mean, men are so frightened of commitment, they would rather die in an. No, there's no room on that door. I'll be grand. I'll be grand. There's definitely room on the door. No, no, I'm all good. I'm all good. I've got your number. I'll definitely give you a call. You get there. I'll work out my own weight. It's all good. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And then he just ghosted it. He probably arrived in Newfoundland. He's probably still alive. He just ghosted her. He got another door. He was fine.
4: He's (gasps) just thinking to the bottom,
0: going like, I'm just not ready for a relationship. Right? (laughs) I mean, literally that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, that's not the point of X Trillion. So (laughs) where can we see X Trillion? Do you know yet?
3: Um, well, it will be doing the tours of film festivals and, um, and we will be doing some special screenings and then hopefully some Good broadcasters will be snapping it up, Netflix and yeah. I would <laughs> watch it. I really would. I like, yeah, It's a brilliant film. It's funny. Yeah. It's full of drama. It's, um, did you, what did you do for fun? Uh, except
4: like do you saw that ukulele I saw that ukulele but like that I it. love the ukulele and stuff but you know you're picking out plastic going the world well, is fucked, and what? you need more than a
3: ukulele were there any sex toys bobbing around <laughs> that Alison had thoughtlessly dumped so that I you probably, probably missed <laughs> them I was like filming something over there and there were probably just a whole swarm <laughs> of them over there yeah it's the sex toy patch the great pacific <laughs> sex toy patch <laughs> Depends on their density, they might have just sunk to the bottom. Oh
0: God, we are awful human beings are just awful. I mean, really, the sooner that awful, the human but race but wonderful. Oh, We've not no, we all this wonderful. Hope. and Yeah, no, we're definitely wonderful. Systems. But I wonder if other species look at us and think we're wonderful or they think we're the scourge of the earth. It's like oh they're so hopeful yeah but they're assholes yeah. like just two squirrels just looking at us going fuck <laughs> now we say I hope they do die out that's awesome. <laughs> dolphins must wish us dead all the time they must be like those cunts
4: but they <laughs> seem so <laughs> what you mean they're gonna
0: arr, arr, cunt <laughs> <to> the <rest laughs> yes yes yes, yes. I think that's what they're saying. They're and we're going, oh, there. they're so intelligent. And they're like, yes, we are. We don't fill the ocean with this crap. They're like, we're much more intelligent than you. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we are saying. Die. <laughs> So two things we want. One mm. is we want screenings that we can come to and the Guilty Feminists will put out on our channels where you can see it. But also, if you are a distributor, could you please pick this up? Because we need all female documentaries or female driven documentaries. We don't see enough of them. We're constantly seeing, you know, a man climbing to the top of a mountain and then, you know, drinking I, his own piss. I mean <laughs> just, Always. Just, always. And he's not doing it for any reason. He's just doing it because there's a mountain. I mean, everyone told me that documentary was amazing. And I watched it and went, yeah, but he was risking his life for nothing. Yeah. And also couldn't commit. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just, I mean, all right. He needs a keep cup. That's what he needs. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I found it a little bit, a tiny bit hard to care because, uh, yes, it's all amazing. mm, Whatever. I much more care about loads of women trying to go and do something at the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and look Mm. at it and document it and bring it back and share that with us and say, we've actually been there and we can see it. And I'm much more interested in that than a man deliberately climbing to the top of the mountain because it's there so that someone can make a documentary about what a great big hero he is. No disrespect to that. (laughs) But listen, no disrespect to that man's ego, which is wonderful. I mean, it's sizable, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is get behind X Trillion if you're a distributor. Please, please, please try and get on board with this. Contact Eleanor Church. Um, where can they contact you, Eleanor, if there's a distributor's listing? Well, the easiest
3: way is probably on Facebook, we've got an X Trillion page, but also. Oh, yeah.
0: Facebook or. <laughs> I carried on um, but also on Instagram those children also. are going to be mystified in a hundred years time. <laughs> What? She advertised her documentary about plastics on Facebook, but surely she knew. It's quite effective. No, so. she didn't. She didn't. She just went, ah, be fine. Um, um, but um, basically... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm still on it. I'm, I'm not judging you. No. I'm still on it. Sorry, go on. We go, they go to Xtrillion on Facebook. But also on Instagram,
3: and my production company is called Larkrise Pictures. Larkrise. So on Instagram, that's where I actually update most of the stuff on the documentary. I should have done an Xtrillion Instagram post, but then I feel like I'm starting from nothing. Thing, it's easier just to go to my old one so.
0: okay so we're going to Larkrise
3: Lark Larkrise
0: Pictures at Larkrise Pictures on Instagram Exactly. also where did you Thank get your you. hairband
3: <laughs> well I was just telling Anna who I was with that um, yeah. I actually bought it from Anthropologie for my goddaughter's birthday and then I just decided to keep it for
0: myself <laughs> <laughs> an incredible human being <laughs> good choice You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, never Cross is right, guest co-host Alison Spittle and our very special guest, Eleanor Church. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp, music was by Mark Hodge, the producer was Tom Zolinski for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Anna and Jonathan and everyone at the BFI, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com.
4: shopper.ie as well. That's quite good. Sex shop mod. Sex shopper. It's uh, shopper is uh, the Gaelic word for shop, and <laughs> sexshopper.ie. Sex shopper. 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 <laughs> I feel like this is Mr. Loverman. Shopper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come and get your vibrators. <laughs> shopper. Mr. Shopper Shopper. Shopper Shopper. Mr. Shopper Shopper. But, um. Uh, Bombastic. It... Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Shopper Shopper. Recyclable plastic. Oh, very yeah. good. <laughs> very good. Yeah. But we must ask the question to get to, to your original point what happens to.
4: Hello Guilty Feminists, it's Jessica Regan here just updating you about our Big Speeches Workshops. Now as you probably know by now we have some workshops booked in for the new year, Sunday the 12th of January, Saturday the 18th of January, Sunday the 19th of January and Sunday the 2nd of February all at the Rose and Crown Theatre Pub in Walthamstow. So we're giving you plenty of time to book for those, be it for a Christmas present, a New Year's resolution or just to treat your own self. I'd also like to add a date to that, which is Sunday the 26th of January. We are going to be back at the Storyhouse in Chester. We had such a great time the last time. We cannot wait to come back. So if you want to book for that workshop, please go to the Storyhouse website. All the other dates are bookable through guiltyfeminist.com. Can't wait to see you there.
1: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card.